Hey, are you looking to evolve to a higher level of existence? To practically harness spirituality and personal growth in a crazy, busy, imperfect world? Then you've come to the right place. My name is Prash and this is Urban Spirituality, the show which fuses ancient wisdom with contemporary spiritual practices to deliver value-adding tools, traits, and insights to help you live your fullest potential. We always keep it real, featuring authentic, unfiltered dialogue with guests from diverse backgrounds to inspire, entertain, and enlighten all who listen. So get ready for your dose of urban spirituality. Be present and let's dive in. This fine gentleman is known by the name as Anuj Gagadia, but also known as Anuj G. We are looking at a man who has spun many different areas and roads down his web of careers, career choices that eventually led him to arguably one of the largest organizations on the planet, Google. And you were a exec or a senior person of some sort at Google for four years. You can correct me in a sec. He spent four years at Google yes. as an exec just to leave it all behind and follow his deeper passions and set up his own entrepreneurial projects. Oh, did I mention that he's a top-class musician, happens to play flute awesomely, and he's the author of a very unusual book, which is more than a regular book. I can say much more about this guy, but I'm going to just let him say himself. Please put your hands together for the incredible Anuj G. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Prash, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, I've watched a lot of the other podcasts, and so the 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 benchmark is high. So I'll try and I'll try and reach it. Um, but no, thank you for having me on, and uh, yeah, oh, looking forward welcome, to having man. a good chat. So Anuj, I want you to start um, first of all. Correct me if I've said anything out of turns here. You spent some time at Google, and we're going to come on to that in a second. But I want you to just rewind a little bit for the world who doesn't know you here. Tell us a little bit about your journey, we, because you were born in the UK, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah, born in the UK, good old Northwick Park. Um, I'm sure a lot Northwick of people Park, the it. home of many famous human beings. My brother was a, <laughs> a fellow resident at Northwick Park Hospital, definitely. Um, <laughs> so tell us about your journey, um, some of the highlights of what have led you on your journey to where you are today, stopping along significant milestones like google yeah sure so i mean um i've you know born in born in northwest london lived here all my life um i had a little bit of a stint in west africa uh, okay. which was adventurous uh, my, my brother jigs knows a lot more about that i was a very small very small boy at that point um right. but came back to london and yeah kind of you know really lucky my parents um you know you know gave me so much um let me kind of Got a really good education. Uh, went to UCL, uh, studied economics and philosophy there. Um, okay. And then from there, kind of did the did the usual thing. Uh, jumped into a jumped into a finance job. Um, worked as a consultant for a couple of years. Right. Um, at one of the big four, and then after that, uh, yeah, made the big the big G, um, which was uh, okay. Which was let my, me pause you. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you right here. Okay. Why did you do economics and what was it economics and uh, philosophy. Why economics and philosophy? And ha- did you get laughed at by some people saying, what the hell are you doing in philosophy? This is not going to pay for anybody's living. You have to do something like pharmacy. 
or <laughs> some lawyer or something that will pay money going to IT Anuj. What happened, man? Tell me. Do you, know, do you know what I find really funny? I always find it funny when we when we impersonate our parents. We always put an Indian accent on, but none of them actually have an Indian accent. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't I don't know why we do it, but we do it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but I mean the economics and philosophy. I think I wanted to do PP. I couldn't get into Oxford. Um, right. But um, yeah, it was, just, it was just, I think I was never really a pure maths and a pure economics person. I mean, I wanted, I was so interested in philosophy. I've always been interested in philosophy. And so it just seemed like a natural thing. And when I got there, um, yeah, I was really lucky. I had some really cool tutors, some guys who've written some amazing pieces of work. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's been really good. Do you feel that your philosophical background has played a part in the unfolding of your 20s and now 30s? Um, probably, yeah, a little bit. I think actually good, it probably went a bit earlier than that because, you know, I've been, I've been raised around um, you know, amazing parents, amazing brother, sister-in-law, you know, the right. whole family. Um, my grandparents were just, I mean, I mean, if I can live 10% of their life, I know I'm doing pretty well. Incredible. Um, so so they, they, I mean, they set, they set the journey, they set the path and I'm just kind of, right. kind of trying to see where I can get on that journey as well. So let me ask you this. So let's. So let me ask you this. Um, you, you, you went from a situation where you did your degree and you worked for one of, for one of the big four, right? What was it about the big four that compelled you to want to leave and then explore something like the big G? Because that's quite different, right? It's a huge difference, yeah. Um, so actually, um, it, 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 came to, it came to a point where I was, working in, I was working mainly with finance clients and there came a point where I was working a project on, with, with an investment bank and I'm sitting there at three o'clock in the morning and you know, if you're the last person sitting in an investment bank, life is not a good, good, not a good situation. And I've been there. Um, I've worked at investment banks for much of my life. Oh, wow. And okay, cool. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Trading floors at JP Morgan um, and Deutsche Bank being one of the last Barclays Capital. Not a nice place to be. I don't know. And yeah. it was not nice. And I have been the last. And it's not a nice feeling. And I'm sure I know some of you out there work in finance law as well and are two disciplines the big four where you know you end up working some silly hours i think many of us can relate to that okay so you were there so I was, I'm, it, sitting, I'm sitting there at three o'clock in the morning and i mean to be honest i mean i was i was, I was coloring in a spreadsheet you know at three right. o'clock in the morning i'm just thinking to myself what am i doing like this is just right. do i want to do this for the rest of my life i don't even want to do this for the next okay. six months um so I think that was it. I think I just kind of said, look, enough is enough. And actually, again, going back to the people in my life, like I was talking to my brother about this and he's a very um, tough love ad advocate. So he was just like, well, what are you going to do about it? And that's that. And, and I was like, well, yeah, what am I going to do about it? So right. I, came, I, came, I rolled up late to work the next day and I was writing my CV at work. Um, and I was like, I'm out of here because I just, I, I couldn't do anything. That was it. That was it. And he just said, wow. Okay. Why the big G? Why Google? Guys, the big G, by the way, is Google. Uh, and it's not Gayatri Sweetmart, just for those of you who are watching. <laughs> Although that's also a good place to work. Let's, let's be honest, it's got good benefits. So Google, um, I mean, I've always been interested in tech. Um, I've always been interested in just, I mean, like the cutting edge of stuff. 
So I applied to loads of different places, applied to Amazon, applied to Facebook, applied to you know, even places like lastminute.com and all of these kind of like, um, all of these different companies, which are, you know, which, which were just amazing. And I tried to try to Google. And again, you know, going back to like my state of mind at that point, I was, I was completely negative. I was, I was, I was, I was applying, but I was like, half the time I was thinking, well, I'm never going to get in, am I? Right. So it's just a bit of a pun and let's see what happens. Um, you just tried it. But um, yeah, I did things really well. And I mean, it was, it was a grueling right. process. I mean, it's not easy to get okay. in there. Um, it was about five interviews over five months uh, with different people. And I mean, five all of, interviews the, over five all of months. the crazy stories you hear. Some over of them, five months? Five wow. months, yeah. I mean, so, that's yeah, something I mean, some interesting. <laughs> Yet somebody would think that you were uh, you were being interrogated by your future in-laws, right? <laughs> that thing can take six, <laughs> seven, eight months just to pass your you know your father and mother for prospective parents-in-law tests, right? They grill you for five, six months, yeah. see how you're doing. That sounds like that. Gosh. Well, I've got good training, then, so I should be okay when it really happens. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Okay, so you join you join Google and talk us through any particular significant realizations that you had working at a tech company like that compared to your life before that and any yeah. particular turning points or aha moments or shit happened things that happened during your time at Google, either related or unrelated in your life, please. Sure. So, I mean, the, the one thing I have to say is, I mean, the people you work with there are just amazing like really, really amazing, like really intelligent, but not even that there's, I mean, when you go for an interview there, they ask you about your googliness, you know, and that's, <laughs> and that's just the, you know, so that's your, your unique thing. What do you bring to the table? And it, it doesn't have to be academic. It doesn't have right. to be, um, you know, intellectual even. I mean, you've got, you know, we had people who are, you know, ex Olympic rowers or, you know, we had people who are, um, who just you know created amazing social enterprises we had right. people just you know just amazing things and I think if you're surrounded by people like that um, it keeps you on your toes all the time and you always kind of think well cool. I can't stay I can't stand still um, so I had a, I had a lot of different interactions with people like that but in right. terms of like aha moments um, I remember once we were you know we were doing a presentation it was a mobile mobile ad demonstration to um to like okay. Some, some people in the room and the room was full of you know these kind of middle-aged you know or kind of like you know late 40s late 50s kind of um white audience careful and, now yeah no <laughs> oh, i'm sorry, sorry i mean I, I said, I'm sorry i mean uh, young at heart young at heart that's what i really meant um, Thanks, man. but uh yeah but you know just all, all these guys who kind of saw advertising in a very traditional way and so when we sat there you know doing these mm -hmm. you know quite cool demonstrations about what not just a mobile but google on a mobile could do and just mm -hmm. seeing them act like like mm -hmm. kids at christmas i mean that was right. that was an amazing nice. thing because you said well actually i can still learn something and so you know i'm pro I'm, pro I'm sure when i'm in me like you know the newest invention you know, i'm going right. to be that guy who goes oh wow that's awesome i want to learn how that happens Okay, so tell us about something else that's happened in that time that has led you on that journey to put your thoughts into a written format. 
<clears throat> Folks, bear with us. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. It looks like Anuj has dropped off. So give us a couple of minutes. He will be back on. We appreciate your patience. If you can hear me, just give me a little shout out and let me know that you can still hear me okay. Uh, we're just suffering with tech difficulties today. So it's, um, it's, I think uh, Mataji is definitely having, having her fun and games with us the day before Gerba. So kind of just bear with us as we just get back right into this. All right, guys. All right. While that's, while that's kind of happening and while, um, while he comes back on, Let me just put it out here, and I want, I want this to be a sharing opportunity. Who else has faced a significant challenge or achieved a significant goal in the past five to seven years, whether it was expected or especially if it was unexpected? And the reason why I'm kind of bringing this out is a lot of us have a certain goal in life. We always, a lot of us have something that we want to achieve. Hey, Anuj, welcome back. Right, so right. glad to have you. It's all right. It's technology day. We're having techie gremlins today. I was just saying to the audience that, you know, who else can relate to this, that over the past five to seven years, it's fair to say, Anuj, that you've had a significant upheaval or a significant reorientation in the direction that your life has gone. And I was just asking the audience here, to click in and share their experiences of what has happened perhaps in their lives that has reshaped the direction that they are going in now, whether for the better or for the worse, but we want to bring out a positive spin to whatever we're doing. And sometimes to bring out a positive spin, we can't see that ourselves. Sometimes we need somebody else. Sometimes we need some other piece of wisdom, a human being, or perhaps a book, as we're going to hear about later on, Anuj, something to help compel us and, rec and reframe something that's happened to embrace it as something that could be a positive, positive thing. And many of our guests on the show have attestified to this. And we want to really get the guests, our, our audience here, to open up on this. So, Anuj, you were saying, you're yeah. at Google. What then compelled you to want to go on a journey to take your realizations and thoughts and really, frankly, didn't you think, well, what the hell have I got to share to the world? Who cares about what I got to share? Why would you even bother writing? What, what happened? What compelled you to want to actually take that side? So, I mean, I'm, I'll be the first one to admit, I'm not, I'm not a self-help guru. I'm not a life coach. I'm not, a, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like a Swami or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just a normal guy who went through the normal things that, everyone goes through i mean right. the normal heartbreaks the normal failures the normal everything and i just um i don't know i guess it was my it was my way of dealing with that um and it was just about creating these little daily reminders that would hopefully a change the way i thought but ultimately actually change the way that i do things and now and my behavior as well so that that's what that's why why i did it but I mean, the book was never a, never a project that I sought out to do. I mean, it was never right. on the cards at any point. Um, but I think once it got to a certain scale, and you know, we can talk about that later in terms of how it, how it kind of grew, but um, once it got to a certain scale, and I had like, you know, a couple of people saying, well, why, why don't you compile this into something? I mean, you've done all the work. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was intriguing. And then eventually, yeah, it came to fruition, which was great. How long did it take for you to put together this incredible book? And was it a journey that you had to go on or was it something that was knocked out in a couple of days? No, not at all. I mean, um, 
I think the main thing is that, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't something like I woke up every day and said, okay, what am I going to write about today? You know, what, what, what will everyone like to hear? Because actually it, it never started off on Facebook. Um, I always, I always thought, so what I used to do with these quotes, I used to put them up on Facebook as a status, which is why the book is called Status of Mind. And I, I used to put them up on that because, I mean, first people said, oh, why don't you write in their book? And I mean, right. people will know I, I, I don't write anything down. It's probably one of my uh, biggest, biggest issues. Um, and so I thought, well, even if I write it in a book, I'll probably lose the book. And then that there goes all my work. So I, I kind of came up with a couple of ways of doing it. And then eventually I, I settled on the Facebook way because actually, yeah, one, I can share it if I want to with the people I want to share it with. Sure. Um, but then you can download the whole thing um, into a spreadsheet. So it makes it really easy to kind of compile things later if you wanted to. Amazing. Okay. Where has this book gone out? Whereabouts is this book now? Uh, so um, it, it was on Amazon. Well, it still is on Amazon. Uh, you can get Kindle version uh, or okay. you can order the hardback. Um, and actually, amazingly, the I think it was the first week or two when we first launched it, um, it hit the top 100 um, in the self-help section, um, which okay. was great. <laughs> um, uh, so I think we I think we we peaked at ninety six. Um, so it was uh, it was good. Peaked um, at ninety six. That's phenomenal, dude. Yeah. No. It was it Incredible. was a surprise. Like high five, yeah. man. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no. It was it was. I mean, I think that proved to me that you know, regardless of what everyone has said before, what you know, whatever kind of doubts I had in my own mind, still that that I mean, that was that was the icing on the cake. So it was great. Okay. Um, by the way, we can't get you guys apologize. Uh, apologies. We, we can't seem to get Anuj on the screen at the moment. Um, he seems to, his image isn't coming up on the screen. Anuj, we're trying to solve this. Can we put your Google hat on and see if we can solve this? <laughs> I'm trying to get you um, on cam. Um, let's see if we can get you. Aha, you're back. Okay, you're back. All right, all right, all right, all right. So let's dive in to your book and let's start working let's share with the audience some of the quotes that you've put together i think that's going to be incredible so let's start with that okay. now folks what we've done is first of all anuj's book is called the status of mind not a state of mind a status of mind anuj explain this one more time now that you're actually on camera why a status of mind why not a state of mind well, I mean, it comes back to the fact, just the way I was sharing it, to be honest. Uh, so because we were, because I was just putting them up as statuses on Facebook, because it was right. easy, actually. Cause nice. A lot of the time I was on my morning commute or okay. you know, but everyone always has their phone on them. So it was just a very easy way to, to post stuff up. Um, nice. So that's why it became the status of mind. Love it. Okay. So, folks, what we're going to do in this session and as a sort of reward we have two, we have a very special reward, by the way, a special thank you for all of you who've stayed in this conversation and waited for us as we, and been patient with us, born with us as we work through these technical challenges that are outside this man and my man's hand. Uh, we don't know how they've come, but they have landed upon us this evening. I think it's Mataji, I'm sure, testing us out before Garba. So as a special thank you, we have something very soon which we have not announced, and it's something very special. We're going to be doing a special guided meditation that you'll have never heard on this show 
towards the end. So watch out for that. But before we do that, we are going to delve and open up this powerful compendium of motivational and inspiring quotes. Many, if not all, are original. They're actually original quotes. Anuj, have I, have I mistaken? These are quotes that either are original or inspired quotes that you've been inspired by. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm a really big believer in the fact that I think, I mean, there's been, there been, I mean, there are great spiritual masters, there are plenty of people who have come and gone, who I think, I think they've pretty much said everything that needs to be said, to be honest. But for me, it was just about making it relevant right. to, about, you know, practical, you know, how, do, it's, it's nice to say, we're all one and we love each other and all of that kind of things. But what does that mean on nice. a day-to-day basis when, love when your boss is shouting at you or whatever it is? Yeah. So, I think that's, that's a very good point. Absolutely. Because, you know, many of us, the self-help gurus and the spiritual leaders may be speaking from a position or a platform that's not relatable to everybody. What, what you've done with a status of mind is you've taken lofty thoughts and life wisdom and you've almost homogenized, you've synthesized those two things between the lofty thoughts and life, practical life wisdom into something that's quite fresh. It's your own take. You can call it, you know, Kenya's finest Jeodo. You know, it's like a compendium of the greatest stuff on the planet blended together in an awesome organic vegan Bombay mix, right? Can I call it that? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah it's, the, it's the vegan Bombay mix of literature. Let's go with that. Oh, man. The vegan. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, the vegan Bombay mix, organic, freshly created, crafted over years, handcrafted, minecrafted by Anuj G. We are going to dive in with quote number one. Anuj, over to you. Quote number one. So, I mean, this is, this is one that I wanted to kick off with. Um, so uh, bear with me. It's a little bit of a long one, but I think, I think it should, uh, should uh, relate, be relatable for people. So it's, um, in the depths of self-pity, no one can help you. No one can carry you to happiness again. The gods themselves are powerless to change anything. This is your struggle and yours alone, created purely by the power of your mind. And since self-pity is born out of disappointment by not having what you want to have its cure can only be gratitude for what you actually do have wow dude i'm blown away do you want to paste that uh in the in the facebook chat by the way so people can relish that and reread uh i will i will try my best to do that without kicking myself off this chat <laughs> okay. this again. how can, folks that, that's just incredible man that's incredible we're talking about self-pity. Let's just touch on that. Um, wh- why, what drove that thought? Do, did you go through a period in your life where you're experiencing self-pity? And folks, if you're listening on this, raise your hands, click in who has not, you know, who, who's been a victim of self-pity, right? Who's been, who's been suffering from bouts of self-pity from time to time and blaming the person upstairs or, I don't know, our parents or something? Is that where it came from? Yeah, really. Um, um... I think we all go, like you say, everyone goes through periods like that. But I think it's about, it's about being, taking control of that. And rather than it becoming this really fast and uh, negative, fast negative spiral of thought, it's about stopping it in its tracks and then trying to shift your, shift your way of thinking. So, for example, you might do something at work, which is really innocent, really small. You've messed up. A document you uh, right. labeled something wrong whatever it is and it's very easy if you're in the wrong 
state of mind to say, well, okay, I made a mistake or I'm really bad at my job. Oh, actually, I'm terrible at everything. Or actually, I'm a worthless human being. I mean, obviously, that's quite an extreme kind of thing. But right. I mean, people do it all the time. People talk to themselves in such bad ways. And, and I mean, that, that is self-pity, you know, just talking to yourself in a way that actually you wouldn't allow anyone to talk to you that right. way. So thank you. So I think if there's a lesson there, it is stop talking. Let me say it this way. I'm going to say it crudely. Stop talking dirty to yourself. Stop using cheap, trashy language upon yourself. Don't allow yourself to be the victim of trash talk disguised as self-pity, which in itself does not serve your evolution, your progress, but rather traps you into the place where you are now rather than learning the lesson, rather than relishing the mistake, and therefore you become mistake-focused rather than solution-focused. Is that fair? Totally, yeah. And yeah. I think it comes back to the thing, that, I mean, people talk about this all the time, but, you know, the, that whole attitude of gratitude um, kind of concept. Right. And, I mean, nice. if you try and tell that to someone who's in a really negative space, I mean, it's not helpful at right. all. But it's the, it's the, it, I think it's the stepping stone. It's the first stepping stone to be able to say, well, actually – there is one thing I can do and I can be grateful for certain things. And, you know, it, it might be something really basic. It might be that I've got a roof over my head. I've got a bit of change in my pocket. I've had a good meal. Um, nice. And in, in it, and I think even if you can struggle with that bit, I mean, I, my, my brother, again, you know, inspired me to kind of think this way. And it was that, you know, even if you've had a really, really, really rubbish day, at least you can say, well, I didn't trip, I didn't trip up and face plant myself into the ground. You know? And if nothing else, that'll make you laugh inside and hopefully, again, just stop that negative spiral before it gets out of control. Yeah, that. I think that's, I think that's a very valuable thing. Thanks, Anuj. Shall we move on to another favorite quote of yours? Quote number two. Quote number uh, two, folks. <laughs> okay, so uh, quote number two. Fully appreciate everything you have, everyone you have, and all those that have made you what and who you are today. Praise be to our teachers, our parents and our friends, for whom without no task is possible and no great achievement is worth celebrating. Love that. And so true. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, again, this one, this one actually was uh, focused about uh, my music side. And it was, I was going through a particular period where I met a couple of individuals who were like, well, look, you know, you're not really that good. You should probably stop playing, all of this kind of thing. And I was like, okay, well, am I? And, and you know, again, it was a self-doubt. Right? And I thought about it and I said, well, actually, you know, whatever level I've got to, um, I mean, yeah, sure, I've put in some effort. But really, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's about 100 people behind me who, who actually got me to this stage. Right. So, for example, I mean, it comes down to this that when I was eight years old, when I first started playing the flute, um, or the, the, the Bansuri, the, the Hindustani flute, um, I was eight yeah. years old and I used to sit on the staircase to practice. And my mom used to be in the kitchen and she could look out to see me practicing. And, you know, after about three weeks, I couldn't get a note out. And I looked at her and I said, John, I don't want to play this anymore. I want, I'm, just, I'm just going to throw it away. I, I, I can't do it. And she just sat me down nice. and she said, Keep playing, you know, keep playing until get a note out. And and, you know, and I did, and I got a note out, and then I got a second note out, and a third note nice. out, and before you know it, you're playing You were eight. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, like I say, I mean, any kind of talent 
you know, okay, yeah, I came with some talent, but any any kind of success I've ever had is, is because of my parents and teachers and all of them. Totally true. So true. And I guess that's why you're saying, you know, this is the thrust. Praise be to our teachers, our parents and our friends for whom without no task is possible and no great achievement is worth celebrating. That is not exonerating and alleviating ourselves of the capabilities that we have, but rather we're acknowledging those who've watered and nurtured those capabilities within us, those who've played a part in bringing and nourishing the skills that we have today is, I guess, Am I right? That's the spirit of what you're trying to say here, right? Exactly that. Exactly that. And, and I think and also and nourish those people. Yeah, exactly. And also, it it um it gives you a bit of comfort because you know, on one side, you don't um you don't get a big head about things because you know, I mean, what what have you actually done? But secondly, you know, even right. even when things go bad, um, you can say, well, you know, I've I brought whatever I had to the table. It didn't work nice. out it's okay. It's fine. I mean, I've got, I've got my support around me. I've got my parents, I've got my teachers. It's fine. This is, just, just, just keep going. I think there's a very good point here. Let me just pitch into this. I know a lot of people listening here on the show right now, and we know a lot of the people who are joining this audience and that's awesome. I know there are people from abroad as well. I think it's fair to say that many of us have been fortunate enough to have relatively nice parents at the bare minimum and really good parents you know, you know, at the other extreme. And I know you're probably on the latter. You've had extremely, you've got extremely good parents. They've been very kind to you in many ways. They've nurtured and nourished the skills that you possess today. The intellect that you have today has been as a result of their sacrifices for you. But it's also fair to say that there are people listening on the show whose parents have perhaps been less than nourishing, who've been less than supportive and who've been less than they ought to be for us as children at the time. And I would say to those people out there, and I know many of you can relate to this who are listening to this, that it's okay if we have to become their parents. That is our karma. If we have to accept the role of being their parents sometimes, that's okay. Because you, you're, you came through them. If you have to play the father or the mother in that relationship because they're not giving you, stop expecting, stop looking for their approval in everything you do. Perhaps it's time you became their helper, their keeper, if they want it. And I would say that okay. to people because I know that's a difficult thing. I know not everybody has had it the way you've had it. And I really want to say that. And I feel for people whose parents have either not been to the mark or perhaps who were taken away too early, as was, as in my case, you know, just lost my mom mm. too early to appreciate her. And I know some of you can relate to that who've lost a parent, you know, who are listening in here. So let that be a lesson for all of us. Sometimes we got to be the parent. We got to step up, which leads us stepping up to number three. Number three. Okay, let's pull that back up. Uh, so quote number three, uh, comparing your life to others is like looking at something via a frosty mirror. The blemishes are removed and all you see is the greater perfection that, than that actually exists. How easily you forget that you're only seeing it all from one angle and will never see the world as they do. Love that. Just pitch that up. That is so nice. What drove that, Anuj? What's, what, what was your thinking when you shared that one? So, if, I mean, for me, ironically, um, even that we're doing on some Facebook, I mean, it's social media, right? Um, I think 
I mean, it's very powerful. We we connect with people on social media. We you know we chat to people abroad. We WhatsApp each other. We do all of these things. But for me, I mean, there came a point where I just got I got I got really tired of social media. You know, and that again that sounds for for the people who know me, they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I'm edge. Um, because I post up so much stuff. But, no, no, we're here uh, to be vulnerable. Just speak the truth, man. Speak your truth. No, but it's true. And and the thing is, is that you know you look on. You look on Instagram, you look on Facebook. I mean, you're looking at the 1% of someone's life. You know, you're looking at the filtered, lovely, this is me on holiday. This is me checking into an airport. This is me. In, Plato's you know, cave. Ruben's, Ruben's pitching in saying it's Plato's cave syndrome, man. Plato's cave. Exactly that. Um, and, you know, I, there came a point where I just decided that actually, you know, I'm done with social media. So, I, you know, deactivated my Facebook, deleted all the apps off my phone, and I went, I went dark for about four months, uh, from September till January. Okay. And, and I, I will honestly say it was probably one of the best periods of my life. Uh, <laughs> in terms of just, just, I mean, I've never been so productive in my entire life. Um, I'm right. not looking at my phone, you know, it's not buzzing every like five seconds. Um, it's, it's just, and, and also, um, you know, people don't actually know what I've been up to. You know, whereas now it's how many times, you know, some people, will, other people will come up to you and they'll be like, oh, yeah, how was that holiday you went on? You're like, how do you know about that? And you realize, OK, actually, I posted about it. That's why. Um, so it's actually quite nice to have real conversations again with people and not Completely. actually know what they've been up to. Um, Absolutely. So I think, yeah. So I think I mean, and, and again, you know, people have done studies on this and we know that social media is, you know, psychologically, it's, it's, it's not good for us um, to a certain extent. So I think if there was a lesson, I'm going to write it here and I'm going to share on the group. Take a fast, take an occasional fast from social media. Definitely. Right. Mind your own business. Is that another one? Is that, is that another, that's another take home, right? Now, right? <laughs> sure. Why not? Vote number four. We're going to have a few more folks. I know it's 10 o'clock and I know many of you are looking forward to dancing the night away for the next nine days. But allow us this short time to infuse your mind with the dance of powerful words so that they may circulate in your intellect and enhance and nourish your life and protect you and protect all of us in the decisions that we make, the people that we hang out with, and the choices that we accept in our life. Anuch, number four. Number four. Oh, that was good. That was very good. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was silenced by it. Completely. I'm on the fly, dude. <laughs> Drinking uh, only water. You and me both. Cheers to that. Um, okay, so quote number four. So, whatever you choose to do in life, there will always be those who disapprove. Use your discrimination to identify between those who advise you for your benefit from those who are seeking to benefit themselves alone. For whilst it is noble to help people, it is foolish to help them at the cost of your own integrity or dreams, especially if those dreams are of a higher goal. Nice. Okay, your so, purport, yeah. Manoj. My, my, my take on it. So, I mean, you know, I, this was actually an observation that I made, which was, you know, it wasn't related to me as such, but I've seen um, friends, families, you know, people who in a situation whether it's in a household or a relationship or a work situation 
and all they all they do is give they give they give they give and you know their health goes their mental health goes their general energy levels go the happiness level goes and you just kind of go well what's what's the point i mean you're helping these people but at what cost and i think there's um there's a really there's a really nice example uh, which i heard recently actually which which kind of connects to this and it was talking about how if you're in a plane and the pressure in the cabin goes the first thing that happens is the oxygen mask fall down and they always tell you put your mask on first before first. you help other people right right uh, and and it and it's exactly that it's you know take care of number 1 first you know take care of yourself first because if you're operating at a from a from a level of abundance then capacity to give but if you're if you're always operating at a, a level of lack and you know never having enough energy never having enough love you know to even love yourself how, how can you love other people i mean how can you give to other people so that that was the thinking behind it is to say well you know it's very nice to look after people but i think you know we have to build up that capacity to be able to unconditionally love people and until then there are always going to be conditions uh which we have to kind of work our way through love that that's so true and i've shared a little comment here i think this goes back to saying that you know atato pramajignasa the sanskrit says that you first have to identify who you are recognize who you are and recognize what you need not what you want what you need and when you recognize what it is that you need and is that need is not just physical that need is what we're referring to as the intellectual mental emotional and spiritual needs when you recognize what those things are you need to ingest those in your life that is to say you need to breathe that oxygen mask yourself taking the oxygen yourself take enough of a dosage that you are able and fit to then give back those four or five things to other people and fulfill their help to fulfill their emotional and physical and intellectual needs etc you can never fully fulfill somebody else's needs i think that's a, i think that would probably be a fair offshoot of what you're saying here right you shouldn't even strive to be we should not strive to fulfill other people's emotional needs fully that's not what we're here for they should be able to do that we are catalysts we are conduits we are middlemen and we are facilitators in that in that for other people we are not their solution givers is is that fair folks if you agree or disagree please click in here maybe you think what i'm saying is absolute rubbish or maybe what i'm not just saying is rubbish but i want to hear your opinions here please click in share with us what you're thinking shit though thank you so true she says straight off the words danush wise words love yourself unconditionally to love others conditionally ruben love this agape pure love be on human understanding ruben that's beautiful man thank you uh anuj people are agreeing okay we're going to we're going to love ourselves more and that means we're going to put our own oxygen masks on love that give us quote number 5 quote number 5 we're going to just do maybe one or two more folks if you want more i don't know how tired you are i'm going to put this to the audience anuj let's put this to the audience folks if you're liking this and if you're awake and if you're feeling that this is adding value click in leave a comment and a like and let us know if you want us to cover a couple more quotes before before we then go into our very special surprise for all of you to end this session so please click in show your love and comments and we will read a few more anuj quote number 5 please quote number 5 okay so on the path of self improvement we will inevitably falter we will stop albeit for a single moment 
frozen by the unfamiliar feeling of self-doubt and regret. How easy our mind forgets the troubles and remembers only rose-tinted memories of lost days. How easy it is to ignore that silent voice that directed you to your current glory, the voice that reminds you of your real outstanding nature and infallible form. I think I just love that so much. I'm going to just harass you and have you read that one more time. That was just so gorgeous, man. Hear this one more time, man. Sure, no problem. On the path of self-improvement, we will inevitably falter. We will stop, albeit for a single moment, frozen by the unfamiliar feeling of self-doubt and regret. How easy our mind forgets the troubles and remembers only rose-tinted memories of lost days. Wow. How easy it is to ignore that silent voice that directed you to your current glory. The voice that reminds you of your real outstanding nature and infallible form. Your real outstanding nature and your infallible form. What drove you to say those words, Anuj? What realization have you acquired in your journey that compels you to feel that we have this infallible form? So, I mean, you know, again, it comes back to the fact that when I was growing up, I was surrounded by people who were a lot wiser than I was and had a lot more life experience than I had as well. And so, you know, things rubbed off from them. And I said, okay, well, you know, I had these concepts in my mind that, you know, we are beautiful, we are perfect, we are great, we can be great. And I think, you know, the world kind of beats that out of you a little bit, you know, whether that's, you know, through work or through relationships or whatever it is. And once you start this journey of improving yourself again, you know, you start introspecting, you start you know, changing your behavior to become more positive or, you know, to do more positive things with your life. Again, you know, every so often you'll get to a point where you say, well, you know, I still doubt certain things. I still have problems. I still get upset and whatever it is. And I think it's, I think it's very easy for us to beat ourselves up at that point because we say, well, oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm a spiritual seeker. Like surely I shouldn't have these kind of problems anymore. And, and I don't think that's true. I think, you know, all the way, all the way along you're going to have problems like this and they might get more serious or they might get you know more intense but you've just got to kind of hold the faith and kind of go no wait, wait a minute i i got through the last three obstacles i can get through the next three and i can get to the next three after that as well you know i want to say to you that you know i know that i can on a personal level i can really relate to that i think there's been times in my life where i've definitely felt that i'm less than less than sufficient less than capable um i think i felt that after i got divorced uh, and that was a time when i thought well mm. that's a that's a black mark on my white shirt i i know that there were certain individuals around me who said that wow. i had listen man these are people in my own life telling me that your life is f-u-c-k it's fubard man that's it you've been married once Forget about it. You're a failure. You're a loser. Dude, even somebody close, to, very close to home said that you're never going to find love and find, find a, and a wife again because you're a loser. Wow. And you know what? It took me a, a long time because I walked with that programming in my head for a long time thinking that I am a loser. And guess what? That, that mindset, you know, this is, this is a great example of how we get 
we're, how impressionable we can be to people around us who, you know, who, especially if we're close to people around us, you become so impressioned that you start walking around with that impression as if it's a part of your own programming. It's a part of your own programming, right? Uh, in your yeah. Google language, in your ex-Google language, it's part of your source code. You walk around as if it's in your source code. It's in your DNA. And guess what happens? You go into each relationship, especially a romantic one, and guess what? You screw up because you've mm. been told that you're never going to work out. And you keep replaying that DNA, that program, that source code in each and every relationship that you go on, sometimes blaming the other person or doing the old famous trick of what? Self-sabotage. You get out of the relationship, yeah. <laughs> screw it up before it, gets too, before it gets any better or worse because you just think you can't handle it, right? And you think you're going to have a failure anyway, so why not just leave? And that's a shitty situation to be in, man. I, I spent 10, 12 years living that kind of life. It took me a long time to recognize that actually I'm an all right guy. Maybe I'm not the perfect guy. Maybe, I'm, maybe I am going to be a screw-up. But as long as I have integrity and I speak my voice and I'm authentic, then maybe somebody out there will appreciate it. And if they don't, hey, then I'm better off alone anyway. You want to get in here, Anuj? You did good, though. You did good. <laughs> so there's a, there's a happy ending for all of us, an inspiration for all of us there. Right. Um, no, but I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, we've, we've all been through situations where people have made us feel, you know, less right. than adequate. And it, you're right. I mean, it's very easy to take that lot along with you. Totally. Um, and I think, again, for me, that it, it came, when it came back to the book, I mean, I've, I still remember sitting with my brother and, right. thinking, and thinking to myself, I said, well, I feel like a phony. And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, I, I feel like a phony. I mean, I've written this book now which is, you know, helping people. It's got really, like, you know, positive things in it. It's, you know, it's all of these, this collection of stuff to, to change your mind. And I still get upset about stuff. And I still about get angry about right. stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, and the thing that he kind of pointed out to me, and I've, I've realized it myself as well, was that actually I don't think you ever really stop reacting. I mean, we're human yeah. at the end of the day. You know, right. stimulus comes, we react to it. But I think, you know, something that would maybe I would linger, linger over it for, you know, a couple of days. I mean, now it's like, okay, one hour, half an hour, look, it's done, get on with it. And I think that's, I think that's what it's about. It's just about getting over it quicker. And I think if you look to the, the great masters, you know, I think they've got to obey with, you know, the, actually that's such a split second thing, if they're at all. Um, and that's what we should aim for. But I don't, I don't think we should be, we shouldn't eradicate our emotions or eradicate our humanity. Yeah, I guess what you're saying is we shouldn't unacknowledge those negative feelings that we have, but we shouldn't linger upon them. Let us acknowledge those feelings that we have. And let us also, as you say in this quote, so rightly, let us remember those times when we were grand and infallible and we've accomplished so much. And that allows us and compels us to move forward and embrace new challenges and dust ourselves off. It's almost like dusting ourselves off, right? And kind of dusting yeah. ourselves off, picking ourselves up, not beating ourselves up more than we need to and just moving on, right? Definitely, definitely. I feel that. Uh, okay, the, the audience has responded. They, our, our, our viewers want two more. So let's, let's kind of okay. work through two, at least one more. Let's get one more okay. in. I know no problem, yours. no problem. Um, so um, how amazing would it be if you were given £86,400 every single day? The only rule is at the end of the day, whatever remains is destroyed. How would you spend it? Would you try to invest wisely? 
Would you spend it on a huge party for all your friends? Would you do something that you always dreamed of, but you never could? Right. The fact is, we are gifted 86,400 seconds every day. And yet, we squander thousands of them in procrastination, worry, and negative thought. Stop wasting. Start creating. Love that. Man, I, I don't even know if that needs so much explanation. It's just so true. I mean, I'm silent, dude. We, we all have 86,400 pounds or dollars every day. It's the seconds, right? It's those seconds that we have. But I love the part of, I love the last part of that, the, you know, that you said, what would you try to, would you invest it wisely? Would you spend it on a huge party? Would you do something you always dreamed of, but never could mm. the challenge it? The problem is you say, yet we squander thousands of them in procrastination, worry, negative thought. And what's the advice? Stop wasting and start creating. I love Definitely. that. Why the emphasis on creating? There's, it it mm. suggests a sense of entitlement and, and, and empowerment. Is, is that is that what you're getting at? Definitely, and I think actually it's 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 a, it's yeah. There's definitely like action behind that. This it's you know it's thrusting you to say, look, actually, I need to do something. This is limited time. This is limited resource that I have. But nice. it's also, um, I think it's also like I mean, to be honest, the inspiration from this came from my little baby nieces. I mean, I think you know when they were growing up. I mean, there's no there's no one who lives in the moment more than a child. You know, they, and you see that when, you know, they don't get something that they want, they start crying. They, you know, you distract them, they forget about that. They, they stop crying again. They're laughing again. Um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they're, they're so in the moment. And I think that's, right. that's where I got my inspiration. Cause I said, well, look, I mean, if, if a two year old can, you know, can find ultimate bliss in this cardboard box, um, I mean, I should be able to do something with my life. Amazing. So, um, I think that's literally what it was about is the same look, you know, uh, stop worrying about the future, stop worrying about the past because none of that actually really exists at this, at this moment in time. At this point in time, right. Yeah. So just focus on, 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 you know, on the pound in your hand. Love that. Love that so much. Folks, we're going to go to questions. I'm going to take questions from the audience and we have a couple of questions Anuj coming our way. Certainly one. So Pooja's asking, what has been Anuj's top ways to move through self-doubt in those dark times? Top ways to move through self-doubt. So I think, um, I think there's a couple of things. Um, like I say, I've, I've been very lucky that I've got a very good support structure around me so that's I mean my parents are literally my best friends I mean I can tell them absolutely anything able and there's no judgment and even, even though they can be your strongest critic at the same time it, it's from a place of love so right. I've been very lucky to have that kind of support from you know my parents my brother sister-in-law but you know the whole you know and, and good friends as well um, who can help you who can give help give you reminders of the fact that actually no you 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 know you are you have done great things and you are capable of great things of course um, so i think that that's very good to have but i think also there's sometimes i mean and and you know it's it's, it's sad to say this but i mean you, you know this that you know those people are not going to be around forever and at the end of the of day the the longest relationship you have is is with yourself so in those dark times i think it's about, I mean, I, I would start at gratitude because I think that's the easiest thing to do. 
But I think nice. after that, it's really about saying, I think, I think there's a lot of exercises you can do. And I think for me, it, the, the, the most powerful one, which I mean, still kind of gets me going every so often is that I think about myself as being a 19 year old man, looking back on my life and thinking, have, have I done, have I done okay? And suddenly when you look in that perspective, I mean, that small little problem that you've got is, is, is minuscule. I'm not going to remember that in 10 years' time. You know, if I make a fool of myself, nice. no one's going to remember that. Um, so, and in, tw- in 20 years after I'm gone, no one's going to remember my name. So it's, do you know what I mean? I mean we, we put so much importance on ourselves, but really, I mean, we're, you know, we, it's, it, it's small stuff. You know, it's all small stuff. Well, you've, just, you've, you've just nicely segued into two questions that I want to raise with you as well as we wrap up our questions and that last one your last answer by the way was very poignant so let me ask you this what one other piece of advice would you give to your 20 year old self if he were here now um don't give a shit about any any about what, what other people think about you that is the biggest thing. Whoa, whoa. Now, uh, hang on a second. Now, 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 hang on a second. Hang on a second, son. <laughs> Let me tell you something, a, a thing or two, all right? That's not how they do this in Texas. Y'all got to give a damn about people around you. Now, seriously, man, wait a second. You can't be saying that because your nanima might be saying, hey, you shouldn't do this. Your, your father might be saying, son, you cannot go and become an artist. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to pay your bills for you if you if you fail in that. You got to become something else. Wait a minute. Are you truly saying that you don't give a shit about anyone or anything? Uh, sorry about any, what anyone says. Qualify that for me. No, no, qualify that. So I mean, the the thing is, is that I mean, I've got friends who who have done the I mean the unusual thing. You know, we've got people who have become poets, people who have become artists, people who have become you know, right. full time musicians. And their parents have said that exact same thing to them. They've said, well, how are you going to pay the bills? Is this the responsible way? You know, our family doesn't do this kind of thing. You know, I mean, we've all heard those kind of things. And actually, I think, you know, if rather than reacting straight away and saying, oh, you know, I'm not going to listen to you. I think, again, it's just about taking it a little bit slower and saying, well, okay, why is this person saying this to me? Right. And being a right. bit more discriminative about it. So, you know, okay. I know... I know some of my friends again, like they've they've gone into those professions, and all of all the way when they first started, their parents were like, "Oh, this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea." But then, their parents see that the passion is there, and because the passion is there, the success inevitably follows. And it might not be, you know, they might not become a millionaire, but they're happy. Wants their kid to be unhappy. They want them to be happy. They want them yeah. to be secure. So. Again, if once you recognize that your parents are saying this to you, sometimes, I mean, I, I appreciate some parents aren't, aren't, aren't looking out for their best interest. But if you, know, if you realize that your parents or your friends or your family are saying this from a place of love because they don't want to see you get hurt, you know, they don't want to see you fail and get upset. But if you can say, well, actually, no, look, you know what? I got this. And if I fail, it's okay. I'm going to fail, but I'm going to try. I, nice. I, I think a lot of parents will will actually be like, okay, do you know what? Go for it. I'll, you know, I'll support you. Okay. So I, what I'm reading from that, and please um, correct me if, if I've misread this, is, 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 is actually having a, telling your 20-year-old self to have a balance, a balance between your own, your own passions 
your ability to apply your reason and discretion and your ability to keep your ego in check so you're not too proud to receive wise advice but you filter it through your reason and discretion and you balance that with your passion is that is that where we is that what yeah, we're saying yeah no exactly but i think you know if you if if you start off from a point where you're worried about what people think from step one i mean you won't even get to that you won't even work through right. that process you'll right, just you'll you down instantly stuck yeah. at the get-go right you'll just forget about it yeah, yeah. exactly well, I, I know that in, in the 90s, you know, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, mid 90s, it was laughable to have a career as a musician. Like, what are you talking about, mate? You, you must be on roids, mate. You must be on drugs or something. You know, you need to get a proper job like an IT person or like, a, you know, a pharmacist or something, mate. You, you, you're loony, mate. Um, anyway. We had a lot of that. I don't think my father spoke like that, by the way. I'm, but, uh, I'm really enjoying the accents, by the way. I mean, this is, <laughs> this, this is the highlight of the show. Dude, <laughs> you know, I used to do accents and I thought, I, you know, a few of my friends said that I, maybe I could make a career as a comedian. And all my elders were like, Anyway. <laughs> a long time ago maybe maybe one day man one, maybe one day right my last question if last question. you could have any superpower in the world or mm. beyond this world what would it be and what would you do with it um oh that's a very good question um thank you to be honest, I mean, <laughs> um i think i think to be honest i mean the i mean it's, it sounds very strange, but actually, I'd love to be able to learn. I'd, be, I'd love, love to be able to speak and understand any language at the drop mm-hmm. of a hat. Um, one, I'm being a tourist in certain countries. Nice. Um, but also, I mean, I think it's just, it's so nice when you go somewhere and, um, I mean, you talk to people. I mean, you try to speak the language, they laugh at you. I mean, to be honest, even when I go back to India now and they listen to me speaking Gujarati, I mean, it's, it's a great entertainment for them as well. Um, but, you know, just being able to just talk to people like that, because I think, again, it, it just comes out, you can just connect to people and you just realize right. actually everyone's the same. Um, and everything, you know, people go to, some people, you know, there's that, uh, that funny thing, like you go to, hol- you go on holiday somewhere yeah. and you go, oh, wow, look, these guys have, I know, chips as well. And you're like, nice. yeah, I mean, yeah, they're potatoes. Um, so, do you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just realising that everyone is, is, is largely the same and, you know, the little bits of uh, shading and slightly different things here and there. I think human nature has a certain fundamental, certain fundamental glue or, or primary substance that makes it, that makes all human nature similar in one way and then it's the outer edges the language the expressions the gestures the cultural differences that then make us unique in our own way but if we can tap into that inner glue that inner gel that binds us that fabric that internal fabric that you can really touch and move the hearts of anyone you know through language but also just through our emotions and i hope that we've been doing that very much so hopefully on this show right here uh, talking to people from across the uk europe australia south america yep south america so we've got such a mix of people tuning in it's just incredible um and we're having it um i have one last question mira mira has tuned in she's saying hi hi Anuj. if you could change one thing in your life now 
what would it be? One thing I could change in my life now. Ooh, that is a that is a really toughie, actually. Um, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna guess the easy one is your single status, right? You want to keep that for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, Garba's coming. Garba's coming. Yeah, we'll we'll dress we'll dress up nicely for that. Don't worry. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's God. That is a really good question. Um, I guess I guess for me, it would be about. Going back, to, I mean, when I went back to uni, if I could go back to uni now, I'd probably do a different degree, if I'm honest. Um, I think it's, I think it's for me, it's that, you know, I, I even tell my nephews and nieces, it's like they're going to uni and stuff and they're like, oh, you know, what should I do? And you kind of realise that from, you know, from an early age, we kind of, we quite pigeonhole ourselves, you know, and okay, it goes be, before uni as well. And right. we, you know, we forget, you know, we try and, we actually um, focus on what we don't know as opposed to what we do know. And I think actually, you know, if, if you know, if, if back in the day, you know, I, I, I did things which I was a hundred percent passionate about. Right. Like I was, I was, I was so into acting. I was so into drama. I was so into music. So into like, um, you know, script writing the whole lot. And wow. I kind of, you know, I kind of put that all on the shelf because I thought, well, actually that's not, I mean, that's not really uh a proper, it's not a proper thing. thing. It's when, not a proper where did the thing, proper yeah. programming come from? Society. Oh, I don't know. Society, yeah. Soci- societal so. conditioning, right? Exactly. So I think, again, I think it comes back to the fact of just just being real and just kind of being a bit more true to yourself. And I think also, do you know, when you first start work, I mean, I was, I would, I would do all kinds of things to try and fit in. You know, I'd go to, I'd go to all these places which I didn't really enjoy. I'd rather been somewhere else so this is what people do um and so i think i you know i think there's a lot of time that's been wasted there but i mean again it goes back to the fact that you just i mean it's happened whatever move on and try and learn from it so can't can't really dwell on it too much can't really regret too much in my life um but yeah i think i think that would be it just it would be nice to have spent uh, things more valuably yeah I love that. Sono's joining as well. Sono, another speaker in his own right. Big shout out to Sono there, keeping it real as well. So, Mitsilesh, Puja, Amira, love these questions you've been asking. It's been a pleasure hearing you speak and share a couple of verses. I think a few people are joined. So, Anuj, I'm going to ask you to just indulge us just in one more before we go into the final special surprise element of this live session on a walk on the wise side so Anuj if you would please okay so there's nothing wrong with being rich and there's nothing saintly about being poor the fact is that this world is run by currency once you realize that money is merely an instrument to achieve things for the greater good one is neither excited by its gain nor saddened by its loss desire for money can corrupt people However, to believe that the rich are automatically evil and the poor are pure is simply false. Love that. Say that last bit again. I thought that was just beautiful. Uh, yeah. So desire for money can corrupt people. However, to believe that the rich are automatically evil and the pure are pure, so the poor are pure is simply false. Conditioning, right? Once again, it's, it's that conditioning. We are, it's societal conditioning. 
and you know heterogenic familial conditioning to think that the poor are necessarily pure and the rich are really actually nasty people and it's not always true we've seen so many people i think people who many people who are listening to this uh we can testify you and i i think know a lot of the people listening they may be well off materially and yet their souls are elevated they are elevated they are kind-hearted people who are doing a lot for community and society they're very they're some of the most unselfish people that we've met and yet they're, they're some of the most materially successful and yet there are people who perhaps are not so materially successful and who can have a a an, an awkward and a difficult character so if that if there's a lesson to take away from this if there's a piece of advice what would that be on which in your opinion i think it's not to see the world in black and white um and i think when you're growing up you nice your your mind your mind can do that and the way i think about it is that i mean if you see the world in black and white you miss the color um and is that when you grow up you think and you know people again tell you this is that okay well if this person is vegetarian doesn't drink doesn't smoke goes to the temple they must be a good person right and then and then you grow up um and then life comes at you and you meet all these people who are vegetarian don't drink don't smoke go to a temple and you're like i mean is this what i was waiting for um and then you meet people who are self-professed atheists or whatever that you know whatever it is and they're the nicest people in the world and you just go well actually whatever whatever people were telling me before is completely false and i just need to see this on a case by case basis so you know in the same way i mean like my dad is a, a great example he just you know he he gives respect to people based off who they are not because of you know what they earn who they i mean you know what their title is or anything like that it's you know are you a good person and that that's that's what it fundamentally comes down to i've got i'm putting it down here as this thoughts create habits habits create persona so persona creates character and character creates actions and how you exude yourself like that actually you can add that one as a, a, as a bonus one if you like from uh, from me on your book but i think it's <laughs> okay, sure. i think it's very true right our thoughts create our habits our habits create our character our persona persona creates our character and then that character is 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 the shopping mall it's the it's the shop front that we exhibit to people and that shop front cannot be hidden by chanting malas and going to temples and and pretending or trying to be religious when the persona and the character hasn't been refined it hasn't been chiseled it hasn't been molded in a way that brings out the best in us and that doesn't have to be about a label of being a hindu a gujarati a jew it has to be very much it's all about our persona it's our character and our conduct i think that's such a truth that i think all of us can embrace man folks are you enjoying this shout out some love here man we're throwing this at you at 10:35 who else is doing this for you for the next 9 days you guys are going to be dancing and jumping up on floors and doing the garba navratri thing most of you even some of you in your 40s and 50s i know you're going to be there some of you but this wisdom right here those 9 days will go your feet will be sore you might have picked up a couple of ladies or guys if your thoughts are impure but one thing you will not have had is this wisdom permeate your mind and stay with you this wisdom will stay and i hope that it will equip us and equip you all of us 
in our journeys in life. Because if we can share like this in a forum like this, all of us, you, me, Anuj, all of us, then we're able to make wisdom go viral. And that's something right there. Anuj, raise your eyebrows. Give him a couple of eyebrow raises. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, it's go. that time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, folks, it is that time. We have a surprise because not only is this man an author and an ex-Google exec kind of exec kind of guy and an ex big four professional corporate kind of dude he happens to blow really nicely did i just say that he happens to blow he happens to blow real nice and he happens to blow oh right there there it is Anuj, please, please, please introduce the instrument that you hold in your hand so that people don't mistake it for a garba stick, dandia stick. Uh, It's got holes. So folks, for those of you who are watching, this is not a dandia stick. This is is not to be used for playing the garba. Please listen carefully as we're going to try to enlighten you with some flute playing. I love it. Dude. This is Anuj's Bunstri, and we are about to have the pleasure of sharing for you a guided meditation. And this is fresh. This is something we haven't done. And this is the first on the Walk on the Wise Side show. Right here on Urban Spirituality Mantra Therapy, the Walk on the Wise Side show, presenting the highly talented Anuj Gagadia, playing for us. And I'm going to share with you something to go with this. So this is my invitation to all of you right here, guys. I want you to close your eyes. If you're listening to this and watching this, I want to invite you, if you would, to close your eyes because what we're going to do is we're going to really take the tempo down right deeply now. So I want everybody to close your eyes because we're going to do a guided meditation and we're going to end this show with a beautiful powerful and mentally stimulating guided meditation that is going to soothe you, calm you, take you on a journey and allow you to prepare yourself for your night of slumber. Anuj. On the slender bridge between the mental and the meadows of the transcendental, wrapped in veils matter and my true self journey on chasms absolutely absurd 
holding the slender line of sacred words. Spoken before the waves of time began about who we are and what we can become the heroic garb of a man. Beyond the markets with trifling, reflecting light. Beyond the stars who seem to own the night. Gardens divine lie just beyond our sight. The map to find them given long ago. The secret signs that point the way to go. The hidden gems that lie beneath as we tread this path above. Traced by sages secretly upon your palm, hidden in Sanskrit mantras, the healing balm, a clue revealed in every sacred palm. Oh, holy hidden upon your trembling wires, the bridge where every hungry soul aspires, holds the weight of their eternal desires. And leads them slowly to that place where sweet perfection of every grace is finally found in gazing upon your holy face. Bhagwan, beloved one and true, each step I take, a hundred taken by you, in no time I will see your form of blue. enchanted in your loving arms past death or pain or any threatening harms my eyes in yours my hands upon your charms (laughs) 
I walk that bridge all night, but fear no winds. I see the light toward which I now ascend, and soon will walk that garden with my dear friends. them slowly to that place where sweet perfection of every grace is finally found in gazing upon your face Beyond the markets with their trifle light, beyond the stars who seem to own the night, gardens divine lie just beyond our sight. <laughs> was the divinely talented Anuj. We hope that you feel truly blessed, truly peaceful, and tranquil and empowered through this short and magical guided meditation that we have shared for you. The flute was through Anuj in the poetry. That poem was from my men, one of my mentors, Sri Kavindra Rishi, Jeffrey Armstrong, entitled The Bridge, about the journey of the soul, reconnecting with the divine. So as we bring this show to a close, we wish all of you a very powerful and empowered Navaratri and Garwa. And it just leaves me to thank our very special guest, Anuj, who've been a stalwart. Your book, I'm hoping that we can share, we'll share the links for all of you who enjoyed snippets of that book. We will share details of a status of mind. And on that note, we bring this to a close. I'm Prash K. This is Anuj. Hey folks, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and as with all our episodes, found something to inform, inspire and empower you in your spiritual and personal journeys in life. 
As always, if you enjoyed it, feel free to leave a little love through your ratings and comments, share it with those who you care about, and take your personal and spiritual evolution to the next level by joining us on one of our events, workshops, or retreats. Find out more about us at mantratherapy.co.uk. I'm your host, Prash K. This is Urban Spirituality, and we will catch you on the next episode.